Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. If you're new here, I'm your host, Samantha Gladish. I'm an online nutritionist, weight loss coach, hormone fixer-upper, and business strategist for healthpreneurs. Thanks so much, everybody, for being here. If you are here in Ontario, we've had quite a few days of rain, cloud, coldness, and it sucks. It is no fun. And I, I got to get my tan on. I am white and I need some golden brown color on my skin. And I know that summer is around the corner, but honestly, May is over and there were very limited days of sunshine. So I hope June, we're stepping into more sun and some more heat because I am so craving it, especially after a pretty brutal cold winter. So if you are somewhere hot right now, I am so incredibly jealous. I feel like this is something I talk about a lot, the crappy weather, because it is crappy and I really need some sunshine. And perhaps maybe a margarita or something like that in my backyard. Actually, I don't even drink. I don't know why I said that. Maybe sangria. I do like sangria. I like to make kombucha sangrias. So I don't actually drink wine that often. I find it can be a little bit of a trigger for me in terms of like the histamines and I can get headaches from it if I drink too much. So what I do is I get a really low sugar wine And then I mix it with some kombucha and put in like a slice of orange and some frozen berries. And it is so, so delicious. So you should definitely try that out. And you have to make that this summer when you are enjoying your friends and family and doing barbecues and backyard parties and all that fun stuff. All right. So enough about that. We are diving into a Q&A episode today. I love Q&A. If you guys have questions, you can always send them over to me over on Instagram or Facebook or probably Instagram because I don't really spend that much time on Facebook. Or you can, of course, send them through our website over at holisticwellness.ca. And to grab all of today's show notes, you can grab that on our website, holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 63. And one thing, guys, I really want your feedback. So the title of this podcast is Healthy Hormones for Women. And I'll be totally honest. Initially, when I was going to launch a podcast, as you know, my business name is Holistic Wellness. And I was going to call it the Holistic Wellness Podcast. And I literally sat with that for like three months. Like my podcast would have been launched so much sooner if I would have just kind of decided. And I was being told that I should probably, you know, niche down a little bit, focus on something a little bit more specialized. And because I do so much hormones and and work with hormones in my practice, I thought, you know what? Hormones. And I already have an online program called Healthy Hormones for Women. So it just made sense to call the podcast Healthy Hormones for Women. And of course, I love talking all things hormones. So that's what I decided to call it. So I I switched from holistic wellness, the holistic wellness podcast to healthy hormones for women. And now I'm actually thinking I might want to rename it. I think I might want to go back to that initial gut instinct, the Holistic Wellness Podcast, because here's why. I want to interview 
a variety of people, not on just things hormones. And sometimes when I reach out to certain people and guests to have them come on, they see the title of the show and they're like, hmm, I don't know if I'm going to be the right fit for your audience, even though I know they're going to be an amazing fit for you guys, whether they're talking about like gut health or stress or sleep or whatever it might be, but it might be a little bit better and broader if I decided to call it the Holistic Wellness Podcast. So what do you guys think about that? We are still going to talk about all things hormones on here and weight loss and all of that stuff and nutrition, of course. But I really want to dive into some other topics. I want to talk business. I want to talk about entrepreneurship. I want to quash the whole idea of like, you got to hustle hard to make money and all that kind of stuff and basically like give up your entire life. I want to talk really about like money mindset. And I have some amazing friends and coaches who do a lot of money mindset work. I want to talk about subconscious beliefs. I want to talk about horoscopes and spirituality. So there's so much I want to talk about. And I know that I can do it because it's my podcast and I can do whatever I want, but I feel like I might change it to the holistic wellness podcast. What do you guys think about that? So anyways, that was my little rant. Felt I would share that with you guys and come find me over on Instagram at Holistic Wellness Foodie and let me know what you think about the Holistic Wellness Podcast. Okay, so let's dive into some Q&A. Like I said, you can always find me on Instagram, send me your questions, always happy to answer them. And I basically compile them all and then kind of just go through them and pick some out for our episodes. And I've got four today. I think I got four today. One, two, three, four. Four questions today. Day from you guys. So thanks always for sending them in. It really means so much. And it always helps us to put together content for the episode too. So today, question number one from Amy. Her question is, what are your thoughts on breast implants and autoimmunity? Really interesting question. And so I'm definitely not an expert when it comes to breast implants. What I can say is that in the past year, I've definitely heard a lot more about breast explants and so many women taking out their implants because they've been causing them so much inflammation and pain and just issues overall. And once they've gotten them out, they've experienced way better quality of life and health. So there is definitely chemical toxicity in silicone implants. And you know, there's also toxicity in saline implants as well. And this may trigger an autoimmune reaction in the body, especially if you have any type of genetic susceptibility to autoimmune disease, you might, and then being exposed to these toxins that are present in breast implants, it may trigger something for you. So it's hard to say that you know, it's an absolute. I definitely think you should do some research around this and maybe reach out to other women who have had breast implants and just kind of connect with them and hear their stories and what's worked for them. And, you know, when it comes to autoimmune, it's really important to look for the root cause, right? And there can be so many different root causes as to why you have autoimmunity. It could be heavy metal toxicity, environmental exposures and toxins, all kinds of things, gut issues going on and, and gut bugs, parasites, whatever it might be. And so the root cause may be 
toxicity from implants. And I definitely think that that is worth exploring. I am going to have a friend come on the podcast soon and talk about her journey with breast implants and then breast explants and her getting them taken out last year. And then what happened and what basically ensued from that. So I'm really excited to have her come on and she's really going to share her story about that. And hopefully that will help you, Amy. So thanks for writing that in. Okay, next up, we've got a question from Tina. And she said, I saw you share on Instagram last week some essential oils to repel wasps and mosquitoes. We have a wasp nest in our backyard, and I don't want to go buy a toxic spray or products to kill them. What do you recommend? And can you share your DIY oil blend? Yeah, absolutely. So I shared this on Instagram probably like a week or two ago. And basically I was sharing the the wasp blend, the mosquito repellent that I was using in our backyard because I noticed we actually had some small wasp nests up in the like pergola. So we have two pergolas in the backyard and there was like two wasp nests. And so it's kind of a catch 22 because I don't want to like kill them because they obviously serve a purpose and they eat other bugs and they on some level are also pollinators. And most of the time, I think it's the paper wasps is what they're called, is what you will typically find in your backyard. And they're pretty harmless for the most part. But at the same time, if you have anybody in your family that has like severe allergies or anything like that, and you want to sit outside and enjoy the weather, that can cause some anxiety. And then, you know, it's just not very enjoyable. So the repellent that I use, the DIY blend. So number one, I use the Terra Shield spray and the oil from doTERRA, which I absolutely love. And that is specifically their oil blend specific for mosquito repellent. And it works so, so well. Like guys, I feel like I have an underlying allergy or some something with mosquitoes because they love me and I get eaten alive by them every year. And when I get bites, like I get swelling, huge swelling. It's red and it's like just massive welts on my body. Like I look like I got beat up. And I really think that there might be some like underlying sort of allergic reaction that maybe is happening with me and mosquitoes and they just love me very much. So anyhow, one of the things you can do is pop vitamin B1 like a couple hours before you're going to go outside. There's something in the B1 that gives off this sort of smell or this aroma from your skin. Like you can't really smell it, but bugs can smell it and it deters them from biting you. So definitely try that. And then pick up the doTERRA the Terra Shield spray as well as the oil. I have both on hand. I like the spray. I like the oil. I use them all. It's the same thing. It's just the spray is a little bit more convenient because obviously it's in spray form and it works so incredibly well. I actually really like the smell of it. So I sprayed that around our backyard and also around like our screen door. And then the other blend that's more specific for wasps is using clove, lemongrass, and geranium. So what you could do is just get like a little a little spray bottle, maybe like a 15 mil spray bottle or like a 20 mil spray, something like that. Just get a small spray bottle and put anywhere from three, maybe to six drops of each oil in the spray bottle. And then you can just top it up with a little bit of water and you can just spray that around your backyard. And especially you can spray it 
in the actual wasp nest and that will, you know, deter them from coming back basically. So there's a lot of different options. I think actually what the blend that I actually did make, I used probably like a two to three ounce bottle. And then I, so I filled the two to three ounce bottle with about two thirds of water. And then I did 15 drops, 15 drops of the clove, the geranium and the lemongrass. So I don't know why I was saying 15 mils. No, it was like two to three ounce bottle. And then also geranium. So geranium is really great for repelling ticks, which is huge. I've had some friends here locally whose kids have actually had ticks. Like one of my girlfriends, her daughter had a tick in like the back of her neck, like by her ear. And you know, this is just local, like being at the park. So there's dog ticks, there's deer ticks, and typically it's the deer ticks that carry the Lyme disease. So you want to be conscious, obviously, of that, and you want to go get tested and do all you can to you know manage that. But repelling ticks, you can use geranium oil. And then even lavender, lemongrass, and peppermint, those are really good mosquito, wasp, and just bug repellents overall. So get creative, use some of these, get maybe a two to three ounce bottle. Like I said, fill it with two thirds of water and then add in about 15 drops each of those oils and just go ahead and spray it outside. And it's going to be really, really great for repelling those bugs. Trust me, I don't like flying bugs. They are, they're not my thing. Okay. So moving on to the next question comes from Mary. I'm 36 and dealing with adult acne. I'm sure there is an underlying hormonal issue going on, but I feel really lost and not sure how to address this. Do you have any natural topical suggestions and any suggestions overall I can do or implement to heal my acne? Okay. Yes. Really great question. And obviously the first place I'm going to go is with food. So it's so important that you eat an anti-inflammatory diet because what is going on internally is really going to show up externally, right? So you really want to make sure that you're eating anti-inflammatory foods. And when I say anti-inflammatory, really what I mean is a variety of whole foods, a variety of fiber-rich vegetables, leafy greens, antioxidant berries and fruits, good quality sources of protein that is ideally organic pasture-raised grass-fed, really get that quality in, and the pasture-raised and grass-fed because you're going to get more omega-3s, which are very anti-inflammatory, and getting your carbohydrates from really good quality sources like sweet potato or plantain or spaghetti squash or other squashes and really limiting more of the insulin driving, you know, blood sugar driving grains and, you know, white carbs, things like that, right? The white breads and the white rice and all that kind of stuff. So with that said, that also means avoiding gluten, avoiding dairy, avoiding sugar, because these are going to drive up inflammation. And not only that, they're going to drive up a lot of inflammation in the gut and acne. It is an inflammatory condition. Otherwise it's known as dermatitis, right? So anything ending in itis is an inflammatory condition. So like I said, the biggest factors that's going to contribute to inflammation is dairy, gluten, and sugar. And then these are all going to break down into sugar, the dairy, the gluten, and obviously the sugar, right? Your glucose. And this is going to increase your insulin, which then can increase the amount of testosterone in your body and estrogen. And this can 
promote acne. So the overconsumption even of starchy carbohydrates is really also going to impact your insulin levels and raise your insulin levels. And then this will mean your testosterone levels will rise as your insulin is rising. And this can often lead to acne. And this is also with a lot of women who I work with in my private practice who have PCOS, who have a lot of blood sugar irregularities or insulin resistance, when you get the insulin resistance in check, it lowers the testosterone. And that testosterone is what's typically leading to a lot of inflammation, to a lot of Backne, like breakouts on your back. And this is what a lot of the women we work with in our practice when they have PCOS, this is what's showing up for them, right? They have like a lot of cystic acne and it's really addressing the hormones. And you can address those hormones by addressing your diet and eating an inflammatory diet. So that's definitely something to pay attention to. Outside of that, you can do some testing to see if there's any underlying infections going on. And the number one thing that comes to mind is H. pylori. And this is basically a bacteria that leads to stomach ulcers. And there's a very large percent of the population that has H. pylori and doesn't even know it. So you can do an H. pylori test. I mean, you can ask your doctor, but probably the best test is doing the GI MAP test because it's going to not just show you something like H. pylori, but it's also going to show you other underlying bacteria or fungal or parasitic issues that might be going on. And if you have this bacteria, you're not producing enough stomach acid and you need that stomach acid to help break down important nutrients and just digest your food overall. And if you're not breaking down your food and not you know, getting all those nutrients, well, that's going to lead to issues, right? And so you really want to have sufficient amounts of stomach acid. And that's what's really going to help you break down your food and really support gut health overall and digestion. And then you can digest and absorb your nutrients really, really well. And that absorption is key because now you're absorbing all of the good nutrients and antioxidants and phytochemicals and all of that from your food, which is so essential to healing, right? So nothing is worse than spending your money on really expensive organic food and then not actually being able to digest and break down that food. So definitely consider doing some testing around there. I do typically find that those who have low hydrochloric acid, so low stomach acid, you're typically depleted in zinc and zinc can help support your HCL. So maybe something to consider supplementing with. And zinc is also really great for hormones, metabolizing estrogen, great for testosterone as well. So that might be really helpful for acne, but It's key to know that there is no real supplement fix. It's a combination of all of these things and underlying any kind of root causes, really getting rid of, you know, inflammation, inflammatory foods and addressing inflammation in the body and in the gut overall. Other things to consider are like hydration. This is so important, really making sure you're hydrating. And in terms of topical treatments, I feel like... I always talk about this product, the C. Buckthorn Best Skin Ever product from Living Libations. And I don't typically, you know, give blanket statements in terms of like, this is the one thing that's going to heal all of your issues. 
But really, with the Living Libations Best Skin Ever Sea Buckthorn, that product I have used personally for years, and I have used it with hundreds of clients, whether they've had dry skin, aging skin, acne, whatever it has been, that product has been incredible for them. I don't know if you guys just heard... Can you hear the cat crying in the background? He's looking for my attention. And you know, he's been quiet the whole day. And of course, I start to record a podcast and now he's like crying in the background. So I really love that product. And again, I don't typically like to give these blanket statements like that's going to be the one, you know, topical treatment that will heal everything. But it is worth a try. It's beautiful. It's loaded with so many incredible essential oils, loaded with vitamin C, lots of sea buckthorn in there, which is super anti inflammatory and rich. And antioxidants. And yes, it's an oil. So if you're like, oh my God, it's going to make my skin more oily, I can promise you it's not. So it is the oil that I use to remove my makeup. It's my moisturizer and it's also my toner. I don't need to use anything else. I use one product. That's it. I splash my face with a little bit of water. And then I put a few pumps of the sea buckthorn best skin ever into my hand. And sometimes I add a drop of frankincense essential oil because it's so wonderful for your skin and anti-aging. And then I just kind of blend it into my hand real quickly and then rub it all over my face. I rub it over my eyes to remove any eye makeup, splash a little bit of water on my face, and then just you know, gently blot my face and that's it. That's all that I do. And it works beautifully. That same method has worked beautifully for all of my clients. And again, I don't typically say that, but it has worked incredibly well and it's all natural and it's definitely a product you can trust. I use the frankincense from doTERRA and then check out Living Libation. So we'll put all the links to this in the show notes if you guys want to go check them out. And if you guys haven't even ordered doTERRA before, I've had so many people reach out, ask about this because, you know, we've talked so many times on the show about essential oils. And if you haven't ordered any oils from doTERRA, let me know. And you can just, you know, direct message me, send me an email, samantha.holisticwellness.ca. And you can get started with basically one of their like starter kits. That's what I did back in the day, like in 2015, 2015 or 2014, when I started ordering the oils, I use them for everything. I use them for skincare, I use them for cleaning our house. Like I use them for all kinds of things. I diffuse the oils and they're just so magical and so beautiful. And so I started with basically their home essentials kit and you get 10 of their most popular oils all in 15 mil bottles, which is huge. And the frankincense alone, I mean, that's an expensive oil. It's roughly a hundred dollars, but I think I can't remember exactly how much you pay for their kit. For that kit specifically, it's roughly around $300, give or take. And you're getting all these 15 mil oils, so the full bottles, the full sizes, and then you're getting such an incredible diffuser. So that's basically the kit that I ordered initially when I placed my order for my kit with doTERRA. And those oils that I ordered in that kit literally lasted me like a year. They lasted me so long, especially that frankincense. And then now that I really know how to use them and I make my own blends, like I go, I go through them, you know, pretty frequently, but some of the oils, like you just need one drop and it's going to last you so long, especially something like frankincense. If you're looking to bring that into your skincare routine, it's such an incredible oil. It's got so many incredible properties to it and also very anti-inflammatory, whether you're 
taking it, like ingesting it, or you're using it topically for, for skin. So love that oil so much. And uh, if you guys have any questions about the oils or you have more questions about any of the kits from doTERRA, just let me know. And you can reach out to me on my website or over on Instagram, of course. Okay. So kind of went off on a bit of an essential oil rant there, but Mary, I really hope that that helps you with your acne topical suggestions. Like I said, definitely check out living libations, see the best skin ever see buckthorn. And that one is by far my favorite and it works really, really well. And I should also mention when it comes to skincare, when it comes to like really healing skin issues and like skin inflammation, don't be using 50 million products because then you don't know what's working for you. And especially if you're switching from one product one month to the next, the next month, and like you just keep switching your routine because you think nothing is working, you have to give these things time and just stick to a very, very minimal skincare routine because that is what's going to allow you to see what's working for you and what's not. Okay. So really keep it minimal. Choose one thing, stick with it long term, at least for a good for probably longer than that, like a good six to eight weeks. And then that should really give you an idea if it's working for you. Of course, if you like break out or have some crazy reaction immediately, then you know that, you know, that's not the right thing for you. But outside of that, that's probably the biggest thing that I see is women are using way too many products and then we don't know what's working and what's not. Okay. So moving on to the last question, it's from Ashley. I work night shifts and I'm wondering if you have any suggestions or tips on how I can stay healthy with my crazy work schedule. I feel like I'm getting sick all the time outside of feeling tired. I also notice extra weight coming on and I'm sure this type of routine and schedule is not ideal for my hormones. Any tips would be greatly appreciated. Okay. Really, really great question. And there was actually quite a few questions about working night shifts that have come in from my community over these past few weeks. So I thought it was really important to address this. And yes, if you are working night shifts, it definitely is causing some hormonal chaos because you are confusing essentially your circadian rhythm, right? Your internal clock that's regulating your your wake and your sleep cycle. And that circadian rhythm is also regulating different bodily processes like digestion. So when it comes to working night shifts, one of the biggest things I can recommend is you have to schedule your sleep. And just like you would schedule your meals in, right? So for me, I go to bed at 11 p.m. I'm up at around 7.30 a.m. ish, give or take. And it's the same thing that you have to do with yourself just on the flip side, right? So if you are getting home from 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning, then maybe your bedtime, quote unquote bedtime, is at like 7 a.m., right? So you've got to schedule in sleep and you have to create this new routine and structure around your sleep schedule. So that's really, really essential. And then of course, scheduling in your meals as well, just like you would be scheduling in your sleep. So you're doing the same things you would in, you know, I guess a, a normal person's routine who's working during the day. It's just that your schedule is reversed for night, right? And sleep aids 
is not really something that I would really recommend. So of course, things like magnesium, those are really, really wonderful. You could try something like melatonin that might be really helpful, but you know, melatonin's not necessarily for everybody. And I think if you're low in melatonin, then it can be definitely very helpful. So you can always do testing and figure that out. But really simple things like using blackout blinds, which is going to be so important because you basically have to trick your internal clock to think that it's nighttime. So when the sun is out and you're going to bed at seven o'clock in the morning, you need blackout blinds in your bedroom so that you can actually go to sleep. Also blue light blocking glasses, those are going to be really essential and something that you can incorporate throughout the day or throughout your evening, whatever it might be, to help block out the blue light so that you can kind of block out light coming from your phone or from your computer because that's going to impact your melatonin levels. So get some blue light blocking glasses, get some blackout blinds. Those are going to be really helpful. Little things like don't just fall asleep on the couch. Like really, it's a routine. You go into bed, you tuck yourself in. I'm just using 7 a.m. as an example. You tuck yourself in at 7 a.m. and you go to bed. Don't take your phone to bed with you. You can't have distractions. That's really important. The other thing I would really consider is avoiding caffeine, like a good five to six hours before you go to bed. So really keeping that caffeine to a limit. And if, for example, your night shift starts at maybe 11 o'clock at night or something like that, or 10 o'clock at night, maybe that's when you want to have that caffeine. You don't want to be drinking it into the early morning hours. Okay. Other suggestions, I would really look at supporting gut health because your brain and your gut are connected and they are communicating. And it's really important, especially the fact that you're confusing your brain because you are awake during the night and you're sleeping during the day. And your digestion and your gut health, it actually will get all flustered, especially if we're eating garbage in, you know, the wee morning of the hours during our night shift when we should be sleeping, your gut is just going to be ultimately confused. So you really want to support your gut and make sure that you're not eating garbage while you're at night. And that can often be a challenge because our circadian rhythm is getting disrupted we can end up craving more sugar and craving sweets and wanting to eat more because it can impact our insulin. It can impact our cortisol levels. And so really supporting gut health by making sure you're eating really clean whole foods at at night during your work shift. And that's going to support the relationship between your gut and your brain and the hundred trillion bacteria that is in your gut. So make sure you're getting in a lot of fiber, make sure you're taking probiotics. Maybe you want to be drinking bone broth, which can be really healing and supportive for the gut. Maybe you're also eating prebiotics, right? Like getting in onions and garlic and jicama and asparagus. These foods can have some really great prebiotics that actually help to feed the probiotics. So that's going to be really good. Maybe taking great fermented foods. Maybe you're drinking a little bit of kombucha or you're eating some sauerkraut. That's going to be really wonderful as well. Or like pickles or kimchi. Those can be all really, really supportive for your gut. What else can I recommend? You know, hydration is really essential. Making sure you're hydrated. You know, every Everything that you would do during the day for people who are working day shifts, it's really the same thing. It's just you're kind of on this flip schedule. And to be quite honest, you have to do everything incredibly well. Like you're 
well-being and your self-care has to go up to the next level when you are working a night shift because you really are flipping that circadian rhythm and it's really unnatural for your body to be in that phase. So you want to make sure you are doing everything really, really well to support your body and really implementing a lot of self-care and really supporting stress overall. Because even though you may not have physical stressors going on in your life or psychological stressors going on in your life, the fact that you're just working night shifts and you are up during the wee hours of the night, it is a stressor to the body. So incorporating a lot of relaxation and incorporating meditation, that's going to be really essential and really helpful for you and really supportive of your hormones as well. So I really hope that that helps. Oh, and the last thing that comes to mind is when you finish your night shift to really get some good quality sunshine and to get that vitamin D as much as you possibly can. So if you finish your your night shift at like five, six, seven in the morning, whatever time it is, and then the sun's coming out, spend some time, maybe a good 30 minutes, you know, depending on your skin type and how you can tolerate the sun, just spend some time getting that vitamin D in because night shift workers tend to be incredibly depleted in vitamin D. And that vitamin D is so essential for supporting your immune system and supporting hormonal health. So you really want to make sure that you're getting in that vitamin D. And that vitamin D is important for building strong, healthy bones. And vitamin D also blocks the release of parathyroid hormone, which makes your bones very thin and brittle. So make sure you're getting in that vitamin D. And it's not just about supplementation, which you may need and which will be very helpful, but getting in that little bit of sunlight is going to be really key. So I really hope that that helps you. Ashley, thanks so much for writing in. That's a really, really great question. And thanks everybody for tuning in today. I hope that I was able to give everybody some really great tips and strategies. If you guys have questions, find me over on Instagram at Holistic Wellness Foodie and send me a private message. Let me know where questions are top of mind for you and we can always address them on a future episode. And that's it for today, guys. Thanks so much for being here, leaving us a rating and a review means so, so much. If you haven't done so yet, head on over to iTunes or whichever platform you listen to us on. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Let us know how we're helping you. It means so much to us. And those reviews mean we get to help more women, support more women all over the world and create more transformation, which is exactly why we're here and we have this podcast. Thanks everyone for tuning in. I hope you have a fabulous week and I'll chat with you all next week.